Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, good morning. I was um, thinking of this morning how uh, just the whole process of 2020 and 2021, and I, I thought about how every year, it doesn't matter what, you know, what new year comes your way, uh, there's always a desire to change, a desire for things to be different, right? Isn't that true? So it, it's, it's interesting that we went through 2020, and, um, you know, I, I believe that probably the, the percentages of people wanting change in the new year was a little higher, but I believe the percentages of people failing is the same. In other words, no matter how much you want things to be different, no matter how many things you want to change your life, most likely, rarely is it happening. And so 2020 comes into effect and people start living in it and everything stays the same. Now they might not have an extreme uh, uh uh, circumstance like 2020 personally, but it, it's, everything still stays the same. In other words, what's the next trauma that's going to manipulate your life? And I, I just, we can't live that way, especially followers of Jesus. There, there are a lot of scriptures. You know, the Bible talks about Satan 62 times, talks about the devil 59 times. That's a lot of times that the end, that the word is talking about the enemy. That's not even adding in the word enemy, because then I'd have to break down all the different terms other than, you know, Israel's enemies, which were usually influenced by the enemy. So there's so many times the Bible talks about the enemy. Now, what I want us to understand is, is in no way is God giving us information concerning the enemy to scare you or to make you feel like uh, it's something that you need to be aware of, and and could he be around the next corner, and should should I put a nightlight on, because all light disperses darkness, right? And and so we, we have the tendency, I believe, to read into things that God isn't writing, and we don't want to be that way. So the reason why I said that is gonna, I'm going to start off with a scripture that, you know, it's, it's scary. If you look at it that way, I look at it as revealing. And that's how I've learned over the years, just as a believer. And it's taken a long time. Don't, don't get me wrong. When I talk about where I'm at right now and where I used to be, it's a journey. It's a journey. And just like life. You know, some of you are, 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 you know, your journey is a little faster than others, but the point is it doesn't matter. It's your journey. Christianity, religious Christianity, it, it is very good at judging journeys. In other words, we like to be on my journey, your journey, and then you judge according to your journey that everybody, everybody has to be on that same one. And that's how we get so much judgmental attitudes and we operate with the same concept as everybody's the same, everybody's falls the same, everybody's sin the same. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. And that's the, that's the weakness of uh, the Christian faith in the sense of what religion has done to it. And it's caused turmoil 
not the scripture, but people, men, mostly men, have caused, you know, just so many stupid things. And what we want is we want the knowledge of God's word because that's the key for my Monday. It is, I'm telling you right now, the key for my Monday. But we've got to be secure, amen? Don't you like security? I like watching people that are secure. And, and people that are secure, they, they don't, they're not worried about what you think. It's like when Sasha gets up, she's not like one of the greatest singers in the world. But she's always been this way, and she doesn't care. And she, I mean, serious, I'm like, sometimes I'm like going, but she's so pumped, she's just singing, her singing. But she doesn't care. Now, majority of people aren't going to be that way. Why? Because you can't sing? No, because of insecurities. Why? Because the Bible says, you know, make a joyful noise, not make a joyful, beautiful song. Isn't that true? A joyful noise. Ah! But if, you're, but, but if you're secure in who you are, you're not concerned about if they think you can sing or not, because why? You want to sing. Are y'all with me? I want us to be secure. I want us to operate in life. I'm going to tell you right now, we can just turn this, close this up, and I'll talk about the number one issue of Christianity and it's self-identity, period. It's your identity. That's it. I mean, I don't need to talk about faith. I don't need to talk about prayer. Everything is affected by your identity, how you see yourself, you, you, how you value yourself. And majority of people, they don't value themselves. And they treat themselves that way in, in exercise, how they eat, how they see themselves, what they purchase, what they don't purchase, what they put money into, what they don't put money into. All tied to your value, your self-worth. But see, that's not the Bible. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm sorry to say it's filled all through Scripture. It's just in the Bible. And then that's when it becomes religionized. The truth is, is the truth. you got to see yourself the way God does. And it's through the lens of Jesus. Are, are, my, are my glasses good now? Are they clear? Are they a little tinted or are they clear? Okay, y'all crazy. Some are saying tinted, some are saying clear. Okay, well, the thing is, is I, what I do now is, is I made a, a decision. I want to come and get greeted every time I come to church. But see, no, I do. I want to do that. I just, I like to be greeted coming to church because I'm usually living here and no one greets me. I just come in and leave. So I, so I thought... I, why should everybody else experience that? Because if you've seen our greeters, that's something, that's like kickstart your day. Well, I don't know, maybe you guys are so much higher spiritually than I am, but it affects me. So I come around the corner, but these glasses, I forgot, I put in that, um, what's it called? Transition. And so, no kidding, the first time I did this, I came in, I was bumping into walls. Because it's dark, and I don't, I, I'm not even thinking my, they're sunglasses now. So I'm going boom, boom, boom. And now, you know, other oh, pastor's drunk, you know. And <laughs> what's wrong with him? Why is he bumping into things? And I did it, this, I did it again this morning, and, and I'm thinking, you know, sometimes you'd figure, you'd figure that out, so it's not like I have to have them on. 
But um, actually, I don't have to. Um, reading real tiny, tiny things for probably, I, I mean, I can read my Bible, but if it's a length of time, then I'd like to have glasses on. But I mean, as far as, I got like 20-20 vision that way, so it's not like I have to have them. But they do make me look a little smarter, so I thought any advantage I can have is going to be a good one, you know. But anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> Lion King. All right, anyway. The Bible specifically tells us, in the Greek language, it actually means in the last of the last days or the latter end of the last days. So when you read it in the Greek language, it says the last days, but it, it actually is saying the last of the last. So in the last of the last, it says what? Perilous, dangerous, fierce, evil times, what? Will come. Not might, will come. Now I find that interesting because if you go through history, you can find a lot of time periods like world, war, world wars where there's evil on our planet. But the evil has a different connection than this evil because it defines the different evils and world war is not necessarily evil it's ugly it's not a good thing and an evil person is influenced to create that like Hitler but the point is is it's not this type of evil this type of evil is something that you can literally look at through history and see that we haven't had this type of evil like we do now and that's very interesting, very interesting. Because, see, the concept, again, is people don't look at the Scripture in context. They pull a Scripture out and then try to define it. Well, yeah, what about this, Hitler? And that was the last days, and everybody thought, no, it's a different thing. It's not even talking about that. But, again, that's what happens. We, we tend to lose sight of context, and the, and the whole counsel of God's Word aligns itself with itself. So it's not like it gets off, you know, in a different area. It stays together the whole way. So in that, it's important to see that because just 2020 alone was the most dangerous time in our history as far as murder rate. Murder rate went up 15%. Now, the, the mind, which doesn't even make sense, would go, because of COVID. What? Are you kidding me? Are you saying people get COVID and want to go out and kill? Oh, I got COVID. I'm going to kill someone. Oh, because they have to be at home? No, see, that's wrong. I believe that evil's out there and it takes any opportunity. And if you give it opportunity, it reveals itself. And see, the devil always overplays his hand. So all it did is show us what? Wait a minute. There's a whole lot of evil people out there. What happened? More evil was able to reveal itself. 
They didn't wake up and all of a sudden go, I want to kill. They've always wanted to kill. They just now have more opportunity. Like how I did that? Opportunity. My precious. Hey, it's the way I am. It's wacko, whatever. It's always been this way. I'm not changing. The point is, is this. We're in the last days. And the revealing of it gave more opportunity last year than ever before. But let's say it drops down 2021. What, everybody got better? You know, I don't want to kill this year. Are you guys catching on with me? Okay, so what are we seeing? We're seeing exactly what's here and what's been here. In the last days, yeah, people, men, mankind, humankind, whatever you want to term you want to use, are going to increase in specific things that are totally tied to this selfish, self-centered life. Not couldn't care less about anybody else but themselves. You know, that's a degrading of human nature. That we don't care about anyone, anyone. It's just me. I care about you. If you die, you die, but that's not me. And we see people like that all the time. The point is, is this is important because what statistic that I gave you last week about the Christian faith and the devil. 68% don't even believe in the devil. Is that, that, see, those are crazy, crazy things, but it's true. And these are the things that we all go out and we're, you know, talking with one another and re relating to each other because you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, everybody's Christian. But that's not true in the Bible. That's not how it works. Now, yeah, it can be, quote, Christian by birth. Do you understand what that means? Not by action, but by birth. So you can receive Jesus and act like the devil your whole life. Why? Because without a renewed mind, you don't change. And by the way, that's a scriptural principle for change. You have to renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind, you just recreate your past. It's like a, it's like a parent that you know, they, they go through life raising their kids, but if they don't renew their mind in the training, they train their kids the way they were trained. It, it doesn't matter. If, if the guy was a bully, the kids are going to be a bully. If, uh, if the mom grew up a hoochie mama, their kids are going to be hoochie mamas. You think I'm kidding? I'm telling you 100% truth. I know it's funny, but it's a fact. You, if you don't consciously, you guys listen to me. If you don't consciously make a decision to change how you do things, you stay the way you've always been. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if you swear. I'll never be like my mom. I'll never be like my dad. Yeah, you will. If you don't consciously make a decision to change and change. Hoochie mama, where'd that come from? That's like a weird, I, thought, I don't ever remember going, ooh, hoochie mama. <laughs> See, those, that is an analogy of the enemy getting in my mind. Get, get behind me. All right. So let's overcome our enemy, okay? Seven understandings to overcome our enemy in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. 
Just to let you know something very, very exciting, next Sunday, and probably the Sunday after that, and maybe the Sunday after that, you know how I go, it is going to be an amazing, an amazing teaching on what hit me last Sunday about the seed and ground and things like that. And I, God just gave me this awesome, awesome, awesome lesson. It's just, it's, I can't wait. But that's next Sunday. So there are going to be a couple of things in here that I'm going to go give you information, but then I'm going to say, I'll get more detail next Sunday. Okay. So just so you know that. So make sure you come next Sunday for this stuff. And I'm not even going to put it on YouTube the next one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm just kidding. Ready? First Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, the enemy, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now we looked at seven points here. Sober, vigilant, adversary, the devil, roaring lion, seeking, resist, and the same, what your brotherhood are going through. Those are the seven things we've gone through, sober and vigilant, right? So we said, you know, the, the Bible used the term sober, meaning it's reference to someone that's uh, being uh, just affected by chemicals or, or something that's reacting in their life that causes them not to act normal, not to act normal. It's like a new car smell. You don't act normal anymore. You go to the dealer, you sit in that car, I'll buy it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Whatever that is. And no, you can't go to AutoZone and buy new car smell because it don't smell. I don't care. It doesn't smell like new car smell. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. Okay, I don't care what, what little, you know, tree you're hanging on your mirror that says new car. It don't smell new car. And there's a reason why. There is some type of influence they have in those cars. That when you get in there, it's like, I'll buy it, I'll buy it. All right, anyway. That was for that person that wants to go out and purchase a car this week. I'm just trying to protect you. So we looked at this scripture as far as um, being vigilant. Vigilant is an aggressive military term saying that in life, if we're going to battle the enemy, if we're going to have the ability to stand against the enemy, that means we're going to have to what? We're going to be aware, mentally awake. Vigilance in, in the Greek was, was the, the opposite picture is this, this waking up from a slumber. And we are not going to be that way in life. We're going to be awake and aware, attentive. That means, listen, why, why am I doing this? Because, hey, it's church, and let's get a church message. Y'all know I don't play that way. It's Monday, amen? So this is, this is our ammunition. This is our protein. This is whatever we need for Monday morning. And so we need to understand that when we hear this information, that we wake up Monday morning sober. Y'all got that? All right. That means don't be going out clubbing tonight. We wake up sober, vigilant. No, you don't wait till the circumstance requires it. You wake up with 
a good confession of faith over your lives. I'm vigilant. I start this day with a mind that's, that's sharp as a tack, whatever that means. I am ready to go. This is the day the Lord has made for me. And I'm choosing. And I can write down any kind of word I want. My first word is I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, you can rejoice and not be glad. I'm going to choose to be rejoicing and be glad and happy and making sure that I stay focused that way. Is it going to always work? No, because sometimes I'm going to make a bad choice. But that doesn't stop me from getting up tomorrow morning, as I did this morning, and making the same confession of faith. I do it all my life, every day. Not all my life, but ever since I started this 100 years ago. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so we got to be vigilant because why? Your adversary. Everybody say adversary. So I got to be sober and vigilant because why? The adversary, your adversary, and that's what we're going to look at right now. It's the Hebrew word, sa'ar, and it means to bind or tie up. It also means a narrow pathway or a narrow road. Now, that's the Hebrew word. The Greek word is antidikos, antidikos. And that means to what is right or just. And it's used in a court of law. It's a lawyer that's arguing a point. So this is the adversary. This is the picture of the adversary in the Hebrew to bind or tie up. And he brings life. He's trying to get you in this narrow, narrow life. It's to be crowded. Are you hearing me? The Greek means you are anti what is right or just. You are anti to what is right or just. That's the Greek word for adversary. Isn't that interesting? And again, it's used in court of law. So you have one, one person that's arguing what's right, and the other one is anti everything you're saying. That is the enemy in your life. Everybody understand that? And like I said, honestly, next Sunday is going to be such an amplification of all this. I just got some stuff that is, I mean, it enlightened my understanding in a lot of different ways. So I'm, I'm really, I'm pumped for next Sunday. But anyway, today's going to be great too, okay? All right. So the adversary op operates in this one way. This is how he operates and we're seeing in his name the adversary, the adversary. So what we have to do is we have to pay attention to what the Bible's teaching us. Like I said, gosh, this is so hard because a lot of stuff next week, man, I could just go right into this week. But the thing is, is this, is, and I'm not going to leave out stuff that would make this, you know, lacking in any way. But what we have to see is, is what this, these scriptures are showing us. And Peter, which, what a life did he have, huh? I mean, just everything about his life is something that you can really reflect on and in your life go, yeah, there's hope. There's hope for me. Because not one of us and no one else ever will be like Peter, and that is to be one of Jesus' top people closest disciples, three and a half years with him, 
seeing greater than all the other ones except James and John, and he denies Jesus flat out. I don't know him. I don't, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. That's crazy, isn't it? But my God, thank you, Father, for picking Peter, right? Because you imagine if they were all John writing about themselves. Oh, yeah, Jesus loved me the most. Yeah, he wasn't a prima donna, was he? I mean, isn't that crazy? John says that. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm the disciple Jesus loved the most. Uh, just want you to know that. I just, you know, I believe it's important to make mention of this since I'm going to talk about love a lot. That's John. But the thing is, is when you look at the scripture, I love the Bible because when you don't religionize it, it's so awesome. And it, and it just, it, it's empowering when you can read it correctly and understand that this is life and it's about life and it can help you overcome anything. It's when we get into us that we lose the battle. It's when we get into pride is when we lose the battle. It's when we get into we know everything, we lose the battle. When we think more highly than we ought to think, we lose the battle. When we don't just do common sense things that we should be doing, we lose the battle. So these are things that when you recognize that and, and realize that the, the scripture, God's word, is to help you be able to overcome all those areas of, of weaknesses, strengthen you. Because y'all know, if, if you don't change, life's a revolving door. Every negative will continue to be repeated over and over. Some weekly, monthly, some takes years. But it will repeat itself over and over. Why is that? Because you're led by your soul. Your emotions, your mind, your will. You're, that's what leads you here on earth. I thought the Bible says we're walking the spirit and not fulfill the lust of flesh. Yeah, it does. But the spirit walk is not this super spiritual, goofy, charismatic definition at all. What people try to turn it, twist it into. You want to walk in the spirit, integrity, character. That's walking in the spirit. But again, people just freaky ways twist the stuff into making it look weird. It's not. It's life. Life. I don't want someone to, say, someone to lead me that just walks around going, oh, I hear the Holy Spirit. Oh, God speaking to me. I want someone that's off to write some wisdom and they do right things. And they got fruit in their life to prove it. Not wacko, goofy people trying to promote something that's not even real. Are y'all hearing me? And I know I get a little agitated when I go that way, but I'm in the ministry for over 30 years. I don't know how many... I really don't count. When you, when you pass 35, it's like going, I don't need to count anymore. <laughs> Especially when you talk about full-time ministry. You know, I mean, I did start full-time ministry at 10, but who cares? <laughs> the point is, is, you know, I've, I've been living a long life for Jesus. Amen, Jesus. So the adversary operates in this way where he's focused in to speak against what? He's anti-what? Oh, thank you, Father, I'm a new creation. No, you're not. 
What makes you think you are? Did you see how you acted right on the way to church? He goes, he's going to trash talk you all the time. I'll get into that next week too because the, the concept of devil, uh, we, we've got a misconception of the word just devil just in how we look at this and go, the devil's after me. You mean the devil? I doubt it. But that's what we do, we, you know, because he's not omnipresent. He's not God. So if the devil's dealing with you, he's certainly dealing with me, and I'd rather him deal with you than me. <laughs> Be all honest with you. But, I mean, you know, no, he's, I mean, he's on target to, to influence millions or tens of thousands. So, you know, the devil's not in your bedroom, and no, it's not, you know, Satan's going to get me. No, he isn't. Uh, that Bud Light is. But again, it's just religion and false understanding of Scripture. And we need to recognize what the Word of God is. And the Word of God is life. But also, we can't have this interpretation that is wrong. It's not good. We need to rightly divide the Word of truth. Well, if it says rightly, there must be a wrongly, right? And that's what we want, because life matters, Monday matters, amen? So, the adversary operates this one road, this simple close quarter attack, and that is to attack everything that's in this word that you're getting, all right? So we want to understand that he is our adversary. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says this. We don't want Satan to get an advantage. We don't want Satan to get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant. Everybody say ignorant. Okay. Everybody say stupid. All right. We're not stupid of what? Of his devices. Okay, the adversary, our enemy, Satan, we don't want him to be able to get an advantage. A what? Get an advantage over us. Are you guys, can you, let, shake it off. Everybody, you feeling good? All right, think about this. We're reading God's word, the Bible, the Holy Bible. That's what I want you to get out of your head right now. I want you to see it as this truth from God himself to you for your life. And he's saying to you for your life, hey, there's a devil out there. There's an adversary. There's an evil out there. And I don't want him to get an advantage over you because I love you so much. I care for you so much. Uh-oh, now we're getting into a whole different concept because here we have God's word speaking to me, clarifying, giving me the understanding of this evil that's trying to destroy my life. But on the other hand, I'm gonna blame God for every evil in my life. Well, God caused it and God gave me cancer and God did this and God did that. How stupid can you be? A lot stupid in most Christian lives. Why? Because they don't even know what this is. They don't understand it. They go to church, don't even pay attention, or are even not even taught, and then they go, and it's a title. But nobody's living this the way, well, not nobody, but 
I'm, I'm getting a little wacko now. It just, it's, it really frustrates me because this is the same Bible that's all throughout the world and we still can screw it up. And I get it, I understand it, and I get frustrated over it because I was there too. I mean, I was messed up and I went to Bible college even to mess me more up. Two years getting even screwed, amplified more. I'm not kidding you. And so I have this journey where I thought it should be giving me more strength and ability when all it was doing was ruining my life as a follower of Jesus. It's when I started getting free from that stuff and getting this grace mindset of, I'm simplifying this thing for life. And it's been a wonderful journey ever since. It's awesome. And it's empowering. And it brings freedom. Am I perfect and have I arrived? No, but that's what's so great about this journey. It's like I'm on life number two now. And this is so much better than life number one. I'm like a cat. How many lives do they get? Nine. Well, forget that. I'm not like a cat. I'm like a dog. <laughs> I don't know. So this is so interesting because he's saying to us, he doesn't want the enemy to have an advantage over you. Is that, do you guys, are you liking this or not? Do you like going, oh, that's cool. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. You don't want who? The enemy to have an advantage over me, over my life. Say, thank you, God. How many times do we do that? How many times are we thanking him for so much awesomeness in his word? Because I'm telling you, y'all going through ugly, y'all going through messes, you're going through challenges, you're going through all kinds of stuff, but this scripture is filled with stuff that helps you overcome, helps you win, helps you deal with the pressures, and it's in the Bible. He says, I, we feel pressure on all sides, but we're not crushed. What does that mean? I don't know. What'd you go through this weekend? What'd you go through this week where you felt like you're going to get, you got pressure all over you, but you weren't crushed because here you are. Here you are. <laughs> the mic's pretty good, huh? I'm going to get a gold change and let it hang on my neck. <laughs> My mind just went there trying to figure out what that would look like. That would look crazy, wouldn't it? Like a big old gold chain. Now I'm going to get gold too. <laughs> All right, let's go. Moving right along. I'm screwing up the message. Come on, get back. You guys are like pulling me that way. Don't pull me, the crazy guy. Keep me on track. I need you to focus. Keep them on track, God. The word advantage means to outwit, to trick, to take advantage of someone through deceptive means. Take advantage is the enemy trying to deceive you through what? Deception. How does he do that? I mean, think about it. Look, when you want to get, it's, it's like foundational truth or exact truth. It's when, like, 
I took, I mean, there are a couple things, my bad, that I did learn in Bible college that did, I took a year of Greek and Hebrew. So that did help quite a bit as far as my ability to uh, look at words originally written and be able to go into an understanding or a way of finding the specific foundation of that word for pure meaning of something. Um, it's not like looking at strong. Strong's is very minimal, just so you understand that. So by doing that, I'm able to look at certain things in a different way, which is pretty cool, and, and get a meaning a little different than just normal translation of Scripture. And it's important because, hey, I can do it, and we get the best benefits of it, right? But in that, it's, it helps us see things a little different than how we would normally look at it. And, and that's so important because we want to be able to see what is it that is happening or what's, what is he doing that's causing or, or, or creating this way for me to become affected in a negative way, in a negative light. And by doing this, we're able to see the scripture in the way it was written first before all the watering down of translation. And I don't believe that these guys had a negative heart or a bad heart. I believe they're influenced by their religion and how they interpret a scripture because that's difficult not to do because if you believe a certain way, you're certainly going to write it more leaning toward that. And that's something that we need to always be aware of and make sure we don't get caught in because, again, uh, the safest way to to really get scripture going in the right direction is, is you know the counsel, the whole, the whole picture of, of what God's word's trying to show us. You can't pull something out. And that's what, like I said, that's what denomination churches do. They pull out a specific one. And how do I know that? Because I've seen them. I, 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 I've studied them. And the reason why they became a denomination is because they did pull scripture out and say, we believe this and you don't, so we're going to have to make sure that our whole focus, our thrust is on these scriptures. You know, like if you pull out the scripture, women keep silent in church, which we believe here. And no one listens. <laughs> so I said, I just figured I'm just never going to teach it because who cares? No one cares. But I mean, you could, you, but see, you could literally pull these out of context, and especially a guy, you know, a macho guy, you know, he's going to pull that and say, that's what the scripture says, dude. Why? Because that's where you want to be. You don't want to read the whole scripture. You just want to pull something out that, that can keep that, you know, your wife a slave. Oh, did I go? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm in the church. You know, I shouldn't be talking that way. Yeah, white, Whatever. So anyway, going to the foundation is this. Satan, Eve, there's your beginning. That's the key. That is the first and foremost of how he operates, which that is the foundation of him forever. And what does he do and what can't he do? Number one is we understand, because later on in Scripture, that he is a liar, but it goes further than that. He's the father of lies. That means it's like the, you learn this in theology, it's about God. When you learn about God, you also learn that there are specific things that define him as God. 
He can't lie. And I've said this many times. No, it's not he chooses not to. He can't. That defines him, God. He can't lie. The devil can't speak a truth. And I said last Sunday, it was, was it Chantel? I said black shoes. All right, let me, let me help you just understand that again because he can't speak truth. All right, so if I went to Ernesto and I said, I'm the devil, I'd go, Ernesto, you have white tennies on. And I stopped. You don't have to be afraid because I'm not the devil. That is not the devil. He can't do what I just did. But he does have white tennies on. Exactly. It's truth. He can't speak truth. So he would have to go, you have white sandals on. But he has white tennis shoes on. That's the devil. Because he can't speak truth. So in other words, hear me. His conversation to you might sound at the beginning familiar or truthful. But wait, just wait, because he's not done talking. He can't, it, he can't stop there. He can't even period there. He has to continue on with his thought. Why? Because he can't speak truth. Isn't that interesting? So, anytime you hear that attack that goes against Scripture, so you think you're saved, acting the way you did all week long? Huh. No, you're not. I'm the Holy Spirit, by the way. Ooh. I mean, I'm telling you. And that's the problem is, is, oh gosh, I can't wait till next Sunday. All right, moving along. Let's move, move. All right. So, so it says here, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant. Everybody say, we're not ignorant. Whoa, what? What? We're not? Who are you talking to, God? Because I can tell you right now, when I read that, I was the most ignorant person on planet Earth. Right? No. Come on now. Help me. Help me read with reason. Help me read with common sense. Can we do that? Or do we have to get super spiritual? Can we just read with common sense? Because I believe if we don't get taught that way, we won't be that way. 2 Corinthians. This is second letter to the church at Corinth. He's talking to them. And what is he saying? Dude, I mean church. You're not ignorant. Well, why is he saying that? Because they weren't. They were taught. They were given information. Are you getting this? Who's he talking to? The church at Corinth, the second letter, meaning there was a first letter, meaning that they've had instruction because why? He said, you're not ignorant. Everybody got that? Okay, so there's some deep teaching in this. Number one is, is there are many times we're ignorant. 
right? Many times, especially if you're new in the faith. Ignorant, just one stupid person. In a good way, in a good light. We're all stupid. Everybody does stupid, right? Anybody in here not do stupid? All right. Don't raise your hand because we're going to stand up and call you stupid. We're all going to stand up and just point our finger as stupid at all. I'm also. <laughs> she hates that one. I don't know why she calls our kids that then. No, I just, <laughs> just playing. Just messing around. Well, we're not ignorant. Everybody say not ignorant. That, that's just plain old. You're, you're lacking understanding. Or it'd be someone that doesn't have the understanding or knowledge, and then they make decisions without understanding and knowledge. That's the action of ignorance. Right? We've all done that. Done things without understanding, and all of a sudden you're really screwing something up. And then you got to go to someone that has knowledge in the area to fix it. Anybody ever do that? I remember that. I learned that um, my first year after a junior high class in auto shop, and I came home to turn my lawnmower into a race car. I, what are you thinking? It's a lawnmower. I don't even know what I was doing, except what I learned in auto shop. I figure I'm going to pull that engine apart and make it faster. It's a lawnmower. Pour that thing apart, and I mean, it's got I'm just, it's a mess. And I'm like going, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, and it's just all apart. And it, now, you know, my dad's like, hey, you know, the yard's not getting mowed. Yeah, but the engine broke. <laughs> no, I did. I lied. Straight out lied. I wasn't a believer. I wasn't a Christian. Oh, you bet I lied. Lied big time. No, I just was making all kinds of noises. And I just thought, you know, I thought that I could look at it and find out when something was in there, Dad. Something was in there. It's just all messed up. So he believed that. I might have been crying at the same time. I, want, I wanted that yard mode, Dad. Don't understand. I hate it when it grows. And I just, I literally, he put it back together and got it running again. It sounded better, too, by the way. I must have fixed something in there. I did have the fastest lawnmower on our street. <laughs> so, but that's what happens if you don't have knowledge. You're going to end up messing things up. It's better to get someone who knows what they're doing. That, you know, is, that'll help you, and hopefully that's our attitude. We want to help one another. Amen? Y'all with me on that? Okay. So it says, for we're not ignorant of what? His devices, how he operates. Devices, how he operates. And, and this is all tied 100% in the Greek on a compound word. It's tied to the mind. His operation, his MO is totally a mind game process. He's trying to affect how you process your thoughts. He's trying to interject information. That's something that hurts and affects us. And again, next Sunday, I'll get deeper into this. All right. Let's say you should get advantage of us, for we're not ignorant 
of his influence, trying to confuse the mind. Are you guys getting that? Our adversary is trying to what? Confuse the mind. What did he do to Eve? He confused the mind. Did God really say that? Come on, he doesn't mean that. First thing he does. Problem is, is who's she listening to? Y'all hear that? You don't have to make this this great, massive theological discussion. God clarified it. Adam, where are you? Uh, Over here, um, we're naked, and didn't want to come out because, you know, (laughs) we're naked. Who told you? That's it. Here's your answer. In other words, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Like I said, you don't have to get deep in this stuff. I don't have to even go any further to, to bring revelation to last week, this month, the past few months. Who you've been listening to? Because that's why you're acting the way you are. You drive home. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? See, that's the problem. We're, we're going through this process of allowing ourselves to talk and thinking, it's okay, I'm the one doing the thinking. No, you're not. Because the thoughts you have don't align up with father, mother, husband, wife. Oh, do I need to go further? Person of integrity, doesn't steal, doesn't rob, doesn't cheat. These thoughts are going to come. And if you're hearing, listening, you're doing something. And, and this is, you know what Love Life teaches is, is we like the reciprocal of stuff too. It's just as powerful because ultimately it reveals something that you have that you didn't know you have. It's like when I talk faith. I talk about how everybody in here is faith powerhouses. And we look at ourselves and, well, faith? You've got to be kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm faith, faith, faith. And then when we flip it and talk about your fears, all of a sudden you look at yourself and go, oh, yeah, I'm a powerhouse in the area of fear. Exactly. It's the same way with faith. You do what? Meditate, confess, believe, even if you don't see it. Right? That's faith, brother and sister. Oh, it's the wrong way. But it's pure faith. That is pure faith. And you're good at it. So why don't we just flip that and start using it in the Bible way? And it becomes non-religion then. It's like when the Bible says meditate on, the, on Scripture day and night. And everybody freaks out. Okay, okay, meditate day and night. I'm supposed to meditate on God. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even live life meditating on the Bible. How am I going to work? I've, listen, I've heard every conversation about this. And before I had the answer, I'd go, oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's pretty difficult, huh? Maybe it means something different than what God said. That was a long time ago. But see, I know what the Scripture says. And if God said it, then we can do it. And guess what? Y'all are great at meditating even in the middle of work. The problem is, is they're negative thoughts. They're bad thoughts. They're thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking. But guess what? You meditate on them day and night in the midst of your job. I don't care what you do for a living. You meditate on those things. Guess what? You can do the scripture too. You do God's word too. It's because religion makes it goofy. 
But truth makes it, yeah, I need, this, I need to get this information, this life into me. And I need to think about it constantly. Why? Because you do it right now. Everybody, we do it right now. God just saying, do the right thing. Think about the right thing. Isn't that cool? When scripture is revealed in the right way, it brings so much freedom. You ever thought about Peter? I mean, the dude was amazing and then the the most goofiest disciple of them all. I mean, had so much zeal and passion, but also would just flip it into wacko man. And I thought about this just recently when I was just, I was just in there just thinking about next week's sermon. And <laughs> Pastor Lau's the fault of this, by the way. It's her fault. Because I made a decision that I, I want to be more of a help and benefit as far as what I'm teaching and get that information to her. But see, I, I don't do that. I operate on a whole different level. So now because I want to help her in, in, a, in a way that gives her this ability, not to, not to get her off from her giftings and, and ability to teach or anything, but to give her the, the, just the, the foundation or information of what I'm going, direction I'm going. So now I'm having to do all these notes when I didn't do that before, I didn't need to. Oh, I do notes, but there are notes that they're quick and I get them done. Now it's like I got to be doing next week's for this week. And, and it's just, it's, it's a mess. Pray for me. <laughs> but that's why, because all this week, I already had this one done. This one's already done. And all this week, all I've been thinking about is next week. And, and <laughs> no, next week, come Lord Jesus. But I mean, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. That's what's happening. So I have all this information that's real fresh. The, the issue is, is not that, it's that they're so closely related to one another. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm talking the way I am. But the thing is, is it's just in this understanding and you look at the life of, of Scripture, it's like when Peter, remember, all right, we already know what Peter does. He denies Jesus. Jesus even calls it out. But even before that, remember the scripture where um, uh, Jesus talks to Peter and he goes, hey, Satan wants you. Satan wants you to, he wants to sit. Actually, he said this, Peter, Satan wants to sift y'all. Actually, you is plural. In the scripture, Satan wants to, Satan wants to get you. But actually, in the Greek, it's plural. So it's Satan wants to get you and the rest of the disciples and sift you as wheat. He goes, but I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you that your faith stands strong. Amazing. And then here, second stage, and that you'll turn around. That's amazing. Because what I see is I see Jesus speaking to Peter about strong faith, on the second hand, talking to Peter, fallen Peter, have a turnaround, a conversion going, U-turn. What did that do to me? That was like, 
God just said something so powerful, and he says something to you, I believe. You might be thinking you're away from God. You might be thinking that you're far from God. You might be thinking that God doesn't love you. You got faith. It's just you need a U-turn. The faith of Peter never left him. He just made a bad choice. And a lot of us are living our life in a bad choice. But the truth is, you have faith. The choice of that decision is just crowded. That voice of faith in you. Just so you know that. Something very important to understand. Because it does reveal a lot. As far as even how we look at people. They can be so far away and we judge them going to hell. You don't know the Bible, first of all. Especially you already knew they received Jesus. They ain't going to hell. They might be living a life like hell, but they're not going to hell. That's scriptural. But that's that comment by Jesus is so impacting, so powerful. Because again, why do you need me to make you turn if your faith's so strong? See what I'm saying? Well, yeah, we can do dumb, right? Amen? That faith, faith was given to you by God. We don't want to remember those things. We act like it was ours. No, it wasn't. When you received Jesus, he gave you a measure of faith. Pull that thing out of you. It's not even about emotion. It's your ability to live this God kind of life. And you needed that to be able to operate in it. He gives you every tool to be successful. We just need to find them. It's like my garage, man. I got some awesome tools. I can't find any of them. I got, listen, my tools are so awesome that I can't find them that I buy more of those awesome tools. By the time I'm done, I've got three, four, five of those awesome tools. I do that with hunting equipment. I don't know how many bull elk horns I have now. I don't have, where'd they go? They're in some box tucked away. I don't know that. Oh, there's one. I'll get one. There, Cabela's. I'm here. I'll get one. And all of a sudden, I start unboxing one. Whoop, there's one. There's one. I got five of them. It's ridiculous. But that's my life. How about yours? <laughs> so we see that, that the enemy is trying to deceive. Amen? Trying to screw us over. And he does it how? As a roaring lion. Say, as a roaring lion. Say, as a roaring lion. He didn't say he was. Why are we creating him into a lion? It did not, in the Bible, say he is a roaring lion. As a roaring lion. Roar! That's as a roaring lion. I'm not a lion. I'm acting like one. Right? As a roaring lion. Now, in... That picture, we need to understand that the scripture does say who a lion is, and that's Jesus. And it talks about those who serve Jesus are as bold as lions. I mean, so we, there's a picture of a lion in there, and that'd be us. That'd be our Lord and us. Amen? So we don't have to as a We are roaring lions. No, we ought to be doing the roaring. Not the devil. When the devil goes, roar, we should go, Roar! Right back at them. But we got to do it if we know the truth. Amen? Yes. When that 
enemy comes in, when that negative report comes in, roar back at it. Doctor looks at that page and goes, listen, they'll do that with anything. Even if they know you're going to be good. It's called insurance. It's called lawsuits. I'm, I'm being honest with everyone in here. Your doctors never go, oh, you're fine. They can't. It's better to go, hope you make it. You're looking better, but you know, you never know. They, they can't end, this, end it with everything's fine. Because you could wake up tomorrow and have a snot running. Oh, so you, you said it was fine. So don't be looking for, you know, an encouragement from your doctor. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. The thing is, is when, when we're looking at these scriptures, we need to pay attention to the word and understand our part. So we need to start roaring because we are the lions. And when we hear that little kitty cat out there, because that's how we need to hear it. And listen, you define the noise. I said, you define the noise. We just don't, we don't want that to be, you know, loud, scary sound. Amen. The devil is a liar, right? All deceiving lie. And even as the roar, it's a big lie. That, listen, that's proof that there's no power within him in the sense of, by the way, this is next week, in his ability to touch you, physically touch you. It, it's something we have to understand. But anyway, let's, let's move on. So his roar is just what it is. It's sound. But the bite isn't available. It's just the roar. Amen? Colossians 2.15 says this. This is Jesus. Listen to this. Or, or about Jesus. Having disarmed principalities and powers... He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them. And that's when Jesus went to hell and defeated the enemy on the third day rose again. He took our sin, our curse, right where it belonged. But in the process of it going where it belonged, he couldn't be held there because he did not commit any sin. That's when he disarmed the enemy and all his evil, disarmed. He had a gun at one time. He don't have a gun anymore. That's why he had claws and teeth one time, and then Jesus went, detoothed them, declawed them. That's a spiritual picture you need to see. Not that look, but <laughs> figure it out in your head. Hebrews 2.15, and through death, Jesus might destroy him who had the power of the death, who had the power of the death, that is the devil. He lost. We had the victory. We're in Christ. Amen? Are y'all getting this? All right. So we recognize this. We look at it. We recognize that there is a roar. That roar is things that we already fear. We already are at a high level anxiety about. You ever notice all the weaknesses and, and bad decisions you made in your life and now if anything assume you assume is lined up with that, you start doing what? Fear, worry, and doubt. You're not even, in, you're not even doing it. 
You're not even guilty, but you fear, worry, and doubt in line with that. That's why you have to be free. The scriptures all, in the Bible teach how to get free. And that's what God wants us. He wants us free. But we've got to do what? We've got to pull down these strongholds. We've got to be aggressive in our lives and recognize our responsibility to tear down and to build new, build afresh. Amen? So it's important to recognize that. The devil roars um, to convince that he's tough, but it's all bark, no bite. Amen? It's like a chihuahua. So, I mean, chihuahuas act like the most fierce dogs on planet Earth. You ever had anybody? I know some of you have chihuahuas. Who's got chihuahuas? Oh, my gosh, you crazy people. Do they, do they not act like the toughest dogs on planet Earth? And then you get around them, get around them anytime, and they start going. It's the craziest thing in the world. It's like, what is wrong with you? Just want to rip my leg off, and now all you do is. They're freaky dogs, or should I say, dog, and not finished with a G. All right. You got a lot of Chihuahua lovers in here. That's something. But isn't it true, though? Man, on the other side of the door, like they're going to tear the whole world apart. And you're looking at that thing. It's like, man, the, the, the rat is bigger than you. <laughs> I just, how did they get that? That's amazing to me. We should be like chihuahuas, but with strength and courage. All right, moving right along. So, listen. Ultimately, think about this. What is the roar? I believe that's the bondages that we have in our lives. Because that roar is what creates those, you know, roar, you're not going to be healthy. Roar, you're not going to win. Roar, you're not going to be better. Roar, you're going to make the same mistakes. Roar, you can't do this. Roar, you'll never do it. Roar, it's impossible. And it's bringing us into bondage just because we've been listening to that roar. I'm going to tell you right now, the reason why that's so crystal clear is because God doesn't roar that way. He roars, you can do it. Roar, all things are possible. But his roar is real. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> seeking. The enemy is seeking. He's looking for weakness. He's plotting how to do something. So he's seeking. What is he looking for? He's looking for your weakness. How is that revealed? By his ability to read your thoughts? No, no way in the world. By you, yourself, you open the door to weakness. You reveal the weakness. You reveal it. So in that weakness is what he takes advantage of. Connect the dots with me. Don't look at it in the way you ought not to be looking at it. Look at it through common sense. Where'd the weakness come from? You, not him. Your choice Choice says, created weak weakness. Not him, you. So when he is seeking, are you guys getting this? This ain't no all-powerful, mighty God. This is a fallen angel that's already been disarmed. His ability, empowerment, is only through deception, lies, 
We're, we're the body of Christ. We are in Christ. He is the head. I am the body. I live the victory that he lives. I was crucified with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I rose again with Christ. Man, I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. That's who I am. But all of a sudden, I'm on this earth thinking I'm defeated and the enemy's going to get me and I'm scared and fearful and worried and all these negatives are, are, are ruling my soul life, which affects my natural life. And none of it's true. But see, until I get the truth in me, live and apply that truth, I won't be set free. I won't be. It's when I start believing the truth, applying the truth, is when I become free. And I start living the truth of who I am. What belongs to me? So when the enemy does roar, ooh, you're going to get sick. Ooh, you got a little runny nose. It's probably COVID. Ooh, I sit up. I roar back. No, my covenant says I am healed. No, I can't do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, nothing is impossible because I believe that. I roar back and I stand on my faith of what? My empowerment? No. His empowerment through me. I believe his word and that word is what empowers me to have victory. Y'all making me preach at you right now. He seeks, but he ain't going to find nothing here. Yeah, but what if I open the door? Close the door. Just close the door. Y'all, we all going to open doors. You're going to open doors leaving this church. Right when you pull out, someone's going to pull out in front of you, and you're going to go, <laughs> there's your door open. Close the door. Right? Y'all, listen, it's life, people. Pay attention to this information. It's not saying you will have an eternally closed door. You are perfect now. What is that? Not truth. Truth is, is I need this information. So when I do open the door, I'll close it a little more quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Number six, resist. Resist. We must oppose him. Amen. Resist is a military term. It's not something that says, ooh, stop it, devil. Resist is an attitude of standing in opposition to an enemy, and you're not moving. That's it. You get an attitude of, I'm not moving. I'm not, I got this word, I'm not moving. This is, this is God's word. Does it mean you believe and understand it all? No, no. That's going to take a journey, a process of time, but it doesn't matter. What I know right now is what this scripture says. It said this, and I believe it. I don't fully understand it, but it doesn't require me to fully understand it. Even the Greek word, gnosko, is a process of journey, a process of time, but it's talking as if I should know it now. Pretty beautiful, huh? Exactly. That's why Jesus said, childlike faith. How much does a child know? Only what you told them. Well, did they fully understand it? No. They're just obeying what you told them. Power of that. We could get that. Child self of ours arisen. Think of the dreams that start coming alive. Think of the things that would start changing in your perception of life. 
all of a sudden you start seeing differently. And guess what? You can. You can. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to make that choice. Resist. The last part is a part where we don't really correctly view our lives, and that is you're not alone. It says, suffering the same attacks as all the brotherhood throughout the world. In other words, what you're dealing with is not something new. I'm going to tell you right now, if you make whatever you're dealing with special, it's going to create special effects in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you're dealing with, someone has dealt with even worse and overcome and has victory and has won. Someone else has. And, oh, by the way, not a couple people, millions. Whatever you're dealing with in life, I'm going to tell you right now, you aren't the first to be dealing with it at all. Not at all. Like I said, many thousands and thousands of people have already dealt with what you have, and they overcame. So don't look at that problem as special problem. You won't understand. Only I. No. Nope, 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 nope. You're not alone. Someone else has had victory. What I would do is I'd find that person. <laughs> we, need more, we need more story out there where someone says, yeah, I did this and I had this, and, but I overcame. I went there, and we got all these people like a life that's so screwed up, but victory in it. And then all of a sudden we got people going, I'm going through this. And you go, yep, go talk to Bob. Bob, been, through, been there, done that. Actually, your story don't even touch his, and you might want to take two people. It'll scare you. But I'm seeing that's, that's what we do as, as, a, as a family, you know? Isn't that what family's supposed to do? We're supposed to help one another, strengthen one another, encourage one another, build one another. Amen? Amen. Some good truths this morning. Don't you agree? I think so. I think we got victory. Do you? Father, we thank you for your truth of the word of God. Thank you for the revelation, the knowledge, the understanding, the story of information, of just your revealing, actually your love toward us in this information. You want us to be empowered by your word. You want us to win. You want us to be victorious. You want us to overcome. That's why we have this. So Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for the wisdom that comes through this. And we're going to operate in it. We're going to live this life according to what this, is, this, this life study is revealing to us. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that this reveals love more than anything. Because everything about you is giving us truths to help us in our lives. Just in the natural, that's, that would be defined as a loving father natural loving father and you go way beyond that thank you father for loving us this much thank you father so much for jesus the greatest picture of love thank you and without jesus without him giving us a new birth we don't have anything but because of him we can we can have it free 
All we have to do is ask. You'd close your eyes and listen to my voice in here and out there. This is stuff I know that you hear and you're like going, man, I, I want this life. I want to live this way. I want, to, I want to walk this way. Then all you have to do is ask Jesus. First and foremost, you've got to be part of his family. And you do that by asking him, come into my life. Just ask him, Jesus. And you can all do this together. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. Jesus, I want this. So I ask you, bring freedom into my life by being with me. Thank you, Jesus, for answering my call, my prayer to you. I believe in Jesus, and he is my Lord, he is my Savior. No one looking around. If you prayed that prayer for the various time, just raise your hand out there in the world, listen to my voice. If you prayed that prayer, click on that thing. YouTube later on, you're born again. If you prayed that prayer, we'd like to help you. If you want to get any information about your new walk, if you need information about your new journey, if you raise your hand, we have something for you. But the truth is, is we want you victorious. We want you successful in life. Just like a parent wants their child, we have the same feeling. We want whoever gets born again in here to be successful, whoever gets born again out there to be successful. That's our heart. That's our desire. And it comes from our Father who loved you greatly. Love you guys. Be blessed. And I'll see you next Sunday. Love you. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.